I wonder how you're planning to spend this Christmas season. Maybe you're looking forward to gathering around the fireplace with a warm blanket, or you're going to go caroling in the neighborhood, or you might prefer to travel out of state and be with family and friends. Whatever it is you choose to do, we hope that this podcast encourages you to remember the joy that's found through a childlike faith in Jesus. I'm John Fuller, and welcome to Season 7 of the Christmas Stories Podcast. Over the next few weeks, we'll be emphasizing the importance of having a childlike wonder during the season. And I'm joined by my focus colleagues, Jesse Floria, who's from our Average Boy Podcast and the Adventures in Odyssey Podcast, and Kim Troby, who works with our Resilient Kids Program. Uh, Both of you are very involved in the parenting effort here, and I really appreciate that. As we start off, I wonder what sort of things you're kind of hoping for this season personally. Jesse, let me start with you. I'm just kind of hoping for joy and laughter. I know that sounds simple, but uh, my wife and I are looking forward to having the kids and the grandkids come over on Christmas Day and open presents. There's just something about having a kid in the house, Mm -hmm. right? That just makes Christmas morning that much more special. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, I guess to have that laughter, you know, when you get the family together, just Mm -hmm. laughing together. And, And you know, one of my roles on the Average Boy podcast is to tell Jesse jokes. And so I thought maybe I could share a couple Jesse jokes to help other families enjoy a little laughter here over the holidays. Okay, and you're saying that you're going to do that on Christmas, or you want to you want a platform right now? Oh, let's just do it right now. Okay, okay, go for it. Okay, okay. We'll equip people with some bad jokes, some Jesse jokes. Jesse jokes. Well, thank you, John, for the confidence. Uh, So, uh, why are there only 25 letters in the alphabet at Christmas? Uh, I don't know, Jesse. Noel. Noel. No, uh, that's a bad thing. Okay, that's that's good. That's bad. Sorry. Yeah, maybe we should go somewhere else. Uh, Knock, knock. Okay, who's there? Owl. Owl who? I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. That's good. You should be singing them. You should be, you should be like <laughs> publishing these or something. <laughs> That's good. Well, Kim, can you top that? I mean, um, what are you hoping for? I cannot. Okay. <laughs> You're hoping for your own repertoire of jokes? Yes. Um, mom jokes. Oh, no, there you go. No, no. This season, very similar to Jesse, our oldest son and his wife have kind of boomeranged back into the house for a short while. So I have a four-year-old in my home, and I'm really really looking forward to really, Jesse, what you said, that magic of having a child in your home. I get to actually wake up on Christmas morning with her and and all of that. Uh, but yeah, just I've lost some of that, that glow. Mm-hmm. And I really want to just have her see what Jesus is all about yeah. and just get some of that glow back in myself. Oh, well, that is a really wonderful thing to be looking forward to. And I pray that you both experience those kinds of things. I've got the opposite problem. I have kids who have moved away, and a couple of them can't, they can't get home for Christmas. And mm-hmm. so we're wondering if we should do a fuller road trip uh, to go visit them eight hours away, and maybe we can get the whole family together? I don't know. Like a progressive uh, Christmas. Well, that, <laughs> I like that. We could stretch it out. I, there, there you go. I'm hoping for some extra gas money to make that work. There you uh, go. Well, regardless of what you're hoping for this season, it's really good to take some, some time and to pause and to really enjoy the season. And uh, I so appreciate what Kim and Jesse shared. Right now, we're going to hear from Focus President Jim Daly. He spoke with Christy Straub about why it's important to enter into the holiday season with some healthy expectations. 
Let's talk about expectations. I mean, we've got to talk about all the things that pull us down at Christmas, right? And you had a, a statement that really caught my attention. Expectations are premeditated resentment. Isn't that good? That's really good. I, and that's what, what is it? Originality is forgetting who you got it from. We actually know where we got that from. It was Bill and Laurie Loki, our dear friends. But they have said that in the context of, you know, even in relationships, expectations are premeditated resentment. How does that come out at Christmas? Well, think about how heavy we put expectation on, even as Josh saying, the joy of Christmas. I mean, Hallmark just runs these movies like 24-7 as if it's like this blissful experience. And here we are as moms and dads bearing the burden of trying to meet those expectations for our kids and for ourselves. Like, Not I think, to mention the in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not ex- extended family and all the things that you're expected to do. And I mean, think of if your kids are involved in schools and plays and all the, you know, gifts and the cookies you have to bring on this day. Like there's just so much added weight. And I think we get so um, burdened by trying to put in all these different inputs into our family, which are great. All these joy adders, or we think will be. And yet somehow, I don't know if it's just us, but somehow you get to the end and the backside of the season and you're tired and you feel worn out and you, there's almost this sadness of like, Ugh, it just wasn't what we expected it was going to be. How do you go in then with a healthier expectation? What should you do to yeah. say to yourself, okay, uh, I'm going to take this a little differently this year? I think it's concept of like inhaling and exhaling, right? We need it to stay alive. But we inhale all these experiences and things for our kids. We take them to see Santa we, or whatever, you know, all these traditions <laughs> we do. We go around and see the lights. We we go to all the Christmas plays, all the things we think are so great. And they are. But when we're constantly just inputting, like inhale, 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 we get worn out. And so we need to make these moments for exhale where you're able to just be as a family in your home. And that's where, you know, to do some of these devotions or these times together where you're just asking questions and you're sitting around the dinner table, it allows you to truly exhale where you can process the feelings of the day or the week, you can process these experiences that you've had. And that's where you really start to come back, I think, into this state of contentment yeah, where you're grateful. Yeah. Now, that's really good. And I think, you know, expectations, we talk a lot about that in marriage and parenting, and they can really harm you because they, if they're too high, you end up with resentment. kind of a convicting but really helpful perspective from Christy Straub. It's um, always good to center our expectations on what truly matters in the long run. And perhaps one of the best ways to remember what's important in life is to take some uh, time to reflect on memories that stick with you, good memories, I hope. And we're going to hear now from a few of our broadcast guests as they share some of their favorite childhood memories of the season. And we begin with Jody Burnt, and then uh, we'll hear from Dr. Mike Bechtel, Deborah Faleta, and Allison Pittman. Well, if you peeked into our living room window on Christmas morning when I was a child, um, you would think it was very traditional, like so many families. I think there were presents under the tree, stockings hung by the fire, carols playing on the stereo, all of that. But, you know, my mom has never been much of a shopper. And if you looked closer, you would see that when it came time to open the gifts, 
the whole like Norman Rockwell scene would just kind of begin to fall apart because our stockings had whatever fruit or food happened to be in the kitchen cabinet. We got bananas, we got boxes of jello, um, and the presents were always kind of surprising. You never really knew. One year, for example, I opened a shirt from a store that I loved. I was so excited. The shirt was so pretty at first glance, but the only problem was that in her haste to get out of the store, because she really did not like shopping, my mom had grabbed it without checking the size, and it would have fit you know, an NFL linebacker, not a scrawny sixth grader. And I just, you know, I didn't, I wasn't even disappointed because I thought, you know what, she got a great color and uh, hopefully I'll be able to exchange it. But, you know, if my mom fell short in the gift giving department, I will tell you that she more than made up for it with her sense of adventure. Um, and my dad, who was less adventurous, he usually went along with it because her ideas, while they sometimes sounded crazy, almost always turned out well. Like one year, it was especially cold on Christmas morning, and this is probably my favorite Christmas memory because we'd opened the presents. There were piles of wrapping paper everywhere, you know, breakfast dishes. It was just a mess. And Mom suddenly stood up, and she said, I am freezing. Anybody who wants to go to Florida, she said, be in the car in 20 minutes. And we all kind of sat there frozen just for a moment, and then everyone scrambled to get dressed and throw our bathing suits and whatever else we could find into a suitcase. We just left everything right as it was. I mean, you would have thought if you came upon it that maybe there'd been an FBI raid or, or maybe we'd been raptured or something. You would have no idea what happened Christmas morning at our house. It was just a complete mess. But we were in Florida by nightfall. And I'm telling you, I could never do that. Like, I cannot go to church without doing the dishes. I kind of live in a fear that I'll get hit by a bus and... Uh, I won't have vacuumed the dog hairs that day. You know, I've always admired my mom for her spontaneity, her spunk, her ability to focus on the things that really matter, not the present under the tree or the cleanliness of the house, but just the relationships and the people and the enjoyment of life. And I will tell you right now, I would like to be more like that. My favorite childhood Christmas memory wasn't actually all that great. It's more like the most memorable memory the one that stuck with me the most. And it, what I've learned from it is what makes it my favorite all these years later. I'm not sure how old I was, maybe eight or 10. The only bicycles I ever had were old used ones that barely worked. They got me around, but I wasn't exactly riding in style. They didn't have any gears, so I couldn't really adjust my speed. One of them had handlebars that wouldn't tighten all the way. So I'd ride a little bit, pull back on the handlebars to pretend I was shifting, and then I'd pedal faster to make it seem real. There was a bicycle shop a couple blocks from our house. That particular Christmas, my parents took me there to look at bicycles. Now, they couldn't promise anything, but they let me look around. It wasn't long before I saw my dream bike, a real purple road bike with 18 speeds. I immediately knew that was the one. So nothing more was said, but I lost a lot of sleep for a few weeks wondering if there was a chance I'd get it on Christmas morning. Now, my parents always hid my presents on top of a cabinet in their bedroom and covered them up. I always had strict instructions not to go over there. And I didn't want to because the best part of Christmas morning was being surprised. One day I looked in their room and I saw a large object in front of the cabinet covered with a blanket. It was exactly the shape and size of the purple bicycle. Well, I didn't want to uncover it, but I couldn't resist going over and just sitting on the covered up seat whenever my parents were gone for a little bit. I would imagine what it was going to feel like to actually ride around the neighborhood, shifting as often as I could. 
No, it wouldn't be a surprise because it was obvious what it was. But I knew that all those other presents right next to me on the cabinet would make up for it. They would be a great surprise. But one day, it was too much to resist. While I was sitting on the bike, I decided just to peek under the other blanket and maybe see what one present was. Just one. I did, and it was something amazing. Of course, then I justified it and peeked at just one more. And one more. Until I had seen all of them. Well, I ruined any chance of being surprised at Christmas. The closer Christmas got, the less excited I was. When it finally arrived, all of those gifts were wrapped and under the tree. I did my best to pretend to be surprised, but my heart wasn't in it. I never told my parents that I had peaked for the rest of their lives. Now, I realize that surprising someone is the best part of giving them something. We shop for exactly the right thing, hoping they'll love it. And then we get to watch their expressions. If we knew they had peaked, it would have ruined everything. And now... When my kids and grandkids give me gifts, things they picked carefully, they want to watch me be surprised at what they got. My son, Tim, always gives me two gifts, one that he handpicked, that's the surprise, and a can of Spam. That's not a surprise, he just knows I like it. My daughter, Sarah, knows that I like the same type of quirky, interesting things that she does. So she usually buys me something that's very handpicked because she likes it, and she knows I will too. Or maybe she knows that I'll like it because I like her. My grandkids usually make me things because they know how much it means to me to know the time and effort they've put into it. They watch to see my surprise and joy at what they've given me. If I hadn't peeked at all those presents when I was a kid, I don't think I'd be as passionate as I am about surprises. It's never the gift that brings the most meaning. It's what went on in someone's head and their heart to provide it. And then we all get to share in the joy. So I have a big Middle Eastern family, and every Christmas we would all gather and go to church together. Church was, was kind of the main theme of Christmas, and we would attend church service together, sing songs, have a Bible lesson, and then um, we would all go back to someone's house for dinner. So when I think back on my childhood, I just think of family and worship and um, just being in God's house for Christmas. So I think that's my favorite Christmas memory. We lived in Utah and we used to always go visit my grandparents in Wyoming for Christmas. And one year we were making the drive to Wyoming and there was a snowstorm and the roads were closed and we had to get a room in a motel in this little tiny town and there it was, I don't know, probably 8, 9 o'clock at night. There were no restaurants, nothing open at that hour. And I remember my dad emptying his pockets and my mom going through her purse, and we went through the, the seats in the car until we had a huge pile of coins in the middle of the motel bed. And all the, I had three brothers and sisters, and we all got to grab a handful of coins and go to the vending machine and get two snacks and a drink. And that was our Christmas Eve dinner that year. It was Christmas Eve that we were traveling. And I thought that was the most wonderful thing to get to have for my Christmas Eve dinner, a bag of chips and a candy bar and a grape soda, because it was just this adventure. And the, it, we all got exactly what we wanted. I'm sure my parents were stressed out at, at it, but for us kids, it was the most wonderful meal. The favorite meal was from a pile of change in a roadside motel snack machine. 
Well, what great stories we heard from Jody and Mike and Deborah and Allison. And uh, we're going to turn a corner now. We interviewed a number of our staff members who revisited a few of their favorite childhood memories. Growing up, one of my favorite Christmas memories was Christmas at my grandpa's house. Uh, He strayed off the boat in Italy, so he barely spoke any English, but Christmas Day was his birthday. So all of the Italian aunts and all the children, the cousins, which there were many, would all congregate after we opened our presents at home. We would go down to grandpa's to celebrate his birthday. And it was really touching because it's not only the birth of Jesus that I, you're a little kid, what do you know? But it was the birth of your grandpa. So it had this double meaning to it that we were able to celebrate two things at the same time, the birth of Christ, but the birth of my cute little Italian grandpa who would say, Diana, don't non you touch a green bean out in his garden. <laughs> so sweet memories of Christmas. As a kid, you always look forward to Christmas because you see this pile of presents grow under the tree and you're like, oh my goodness. And I got to I got to be pretty good at guessing what was under the wrapping year after year. My brother and I were pros and we could always guess, okay, that's a set of army men. Okay, that's G.I. Joe. Okay, that is underwear. No. And we knew this and, and that was just our gift. And I brought that into my marriage without realizing the damage my superpower could do. Because my wife would go, I got you the greatest gift. And I'm like, oh, I know what that is. And didn't realize it was terrible. It's like, why am I doing this? Because I'm a genius. And I've had to learn over the years to curb that, you know? Because Christmas should be a time when you guess. You look forward to fun. It's just kind of like being a kid again, but... I put my superpower on hold because I care. One of my favorite traditions, and this only happened for a couple of years, is that we we would open presents, but we would open them on Christmas Eve. And we would do like some sort of Christmas dinner then and like use the Christmas china and all these like fancy things. But then on Christmas Day, we would go skiing at Monarch because there was nobody on the mountain. My dad was military, so we could get some cheap tickets. And it was just my mom, my dad, my brother, and myself who got to go. And man, it was awesome because like the mountain was just clear. And you had already like opened your presents and then you just got to spend the day together in the mountains. Oh man, I cannot wait to bring that back with my kids. Right now, um, they don't really know how to ski, but maybe that'll, maybe that'll happen soon. We had a family tradition where uh, we would essentially wake up Christmas morning. When my, when my sister and I were really young, we were so excited because Santa was coming and we were going to get gifts and it was just a very fun day for us. So we would be wide awake super early and my parents, of course, needed sleep. And so my parents set a rule for us that we could not go into their room to wake them up for Christmas festivities until seven o'clock. 
That means if it is 6.59, you cannot go into their room because it's not 7. So we would be wide-eyed at 6 a.m. sitting in each other's bedrooms, thinking about what we got for Christmas, and then we would stand at their door in 6.59, and when the clock hit 7, we'd go in and wake them up. So that was one great tradition. Um, when we got older, we had mini trees in each of our rooms. So we had cute little uh, like 12-inch trees that we kept in there, and we would give each other little gifts. And so we would wake up, and as our parents were you know, working on waking up, we would go into each other's rooms and uh, do Christmas presents with each other, things that were just for the two of us. And then we would go get our parents and we would all do our, we called it the big tree, the big family tree, where we would all exchange gifts with each other. Growing up, we actually were super blessed to have a lady. um, She didn't have very many kids of her own and she just loved to buy gifts for us. And so I think up until maybe two years ago, she was still like having us send our Christmas lists over to her. Um, and it was fun. It was even like fun for my parents to like, not know what we're going to get. Like It was like Christmas for them, too, just seeing what we would get. She was super awesome. Just such a blessing for our family. Uh, yeah, growing up with seven kids, or eight kids, Christmas it tended to be a little bit tight. So that was a way to just make Christmas so much more fun. Oh my gosh, favorite childhood Christmas memories. There's a lot, but I have to say that my favorite memory that I look back on growing up, and, it, and this happened every year, this is the thing that we did every year, is making my great-grandmother's candy together. Like, it's a secret recipe. No one outside of my family knows this recipe. We refuse to give it out. I feel like we would probably be shot down if we ever did. Um, but just making that candy together and learning how to make it as a kid. Um, my mom would teach us when we were probably like six or seven and we would be included in the candy making process. And that was one of my favorite memories because we would all come together as a family. And then also my, my mom's from Costa Rica. So making Christmas tamales every year, like that was just a way to get my family all together and involved. And like, that was always my favorite time was all, all of us being in the kitchen and talking. We always had a tradition growing up that on Christmas Eve, we could open one gift each of our choice. And there was one year that there was just a massive gift under the tree, which never happens. And so our parents told us that if we all agreed to open that one present, there are four of us, if we all agreed to open that one present, it would count for each of our gifts. So we all decided that's what we're doing. We're opening the massive present. It's gonna be great. We're so excited. And we opened it and it was a vacuum cleaner. And it was the most demoralizing Christmas Eve ever. We all just went to bed so sad. Like a vacuum cleaner? Who even got this? I'm sure my parents got it for one another. And um, yeah. And then it's been a running joke from then on. Somehow it's a core memory somehow. I imagine why that's true. But it's a core memory for each of us. And yeah, great story. (laughs) One of the things that... that I think of when I hear about favorite Christmas, and this is going to show just how how shallow and um, undeserving of this time I am. But when I was when I was young, like like five years old, six years old, um, we were going to my grandma's house for Christmas, right? And I should have been super excited, but I was very very concerned that Santa wouldn't be able to find us because you know he always delivers toys to our house and this time we were going to be going somewhere entirely different and 
My grandma's house did not have a chimney. So how was he going to get in? I just did not know. And I was very, very concerned about it. I told my parents that I didn't want to go because Santa wasn't going to be able to find us. But lo and behold, Christmas morning, Santa showed up and he even wrote a little letter of explanation. He said our pets that we left behind actually told Santa where to go. The door was left unlocked so he was able to get in, do his thing. The actual uh, letter, from what I remember, actually had soot stains, so we know he had been somewhere else before. So it was it was a very exciting time for me. And I tell you what, it was really fun because that year, he brought me a whole bunch of records, like these old fangled records, just all these old stories, fairy tales, fables. And we listened to those all day long. My parents must have hated it, but I loved it. So my favorite Christmas memory, so every year, normally I feel like people wrap their presents like um, throughout the days like leading up to Christmas, but my mom, she would tend to do it like the night before Christmas on Christmas Eve. So like before Christmas Eve, we wouldn't know how many presents we had. Um, And then on Christmas Eve that night, my mom to play a Christmas movie and then she would wrap our presents and so like she would get me um and go to my room wrap my brother's presents together and then she would like get my brother separate and wrap my presents together and it was really fun because after we did it, at the end of the night we saw like how many presents we had underneath the tree um and just like how much we had and we just like it was just really memorable doing that and then waking up the next day and unwrapping them. One of my favorite childhood memories is being with my family in the car and driving through neighborhoods, looking at the lights. I loved the blue lights, especially, where it was just everything was blue. And they had the big bulb lights then. They were, you don't see them very often anymore, but they were um, probably a good two inches and they would be all around the house or sometimes in the trees. But there was something about the glow of the lights that just just kind of put awe in my childhood. Just loved just being quiet and looking at them. So one of my favorite Christmas memories, um, it wasn't at the time, but it definitely is now, uh, was when my great-grandma was at Christmas with us. And her tradition every year was she would buy everyone socks. And she knew the best socks to get you, and she knew the ones that fit you perfectly, and no one else bought socks. And when I was a kid, socks were not an amazing gift. (laughs) But when my great-grandma had passed away and we started having Christmases, because no one had ever bought socks in our family for such a long time, I went like three or four Christmases without getting socks. It took me a while to miss it, but then when I finally realized this is something I'm missing, I started thinking back to those times and the thoughts of my grandma, my great grandma doing all of this shopping, doing all this research, trying to find the best socks for you, uh, and then buying you the perfect pair of socks and, you know, multiple pairs of socks, but she would buy you the perfect socks. It's a little nostalgic. I kind of miss it. I, I very much miss it. And, uh, it's one of those things that like, it's just very odd, but very good. One of the years that uh, sticks out probably more than all the others, I was uh, five years old. It was Christmas Eve, and it was the uh, 
what I would call the coldest Christmas we ever spent. Our house uh, furnace went out, so we had no heat. And a family of five kids and two parents. And uh, what I remember about that year, of course, was being cold. But I remember we had to spend the entire day, or at least my parents had us spend the entire day in our living room around the fireplace. And uh, we had our Christmas traditions, but we brought all of them right into that living room. And so there we were with the fire roaring all day long and, uh, you know, eating our meals and then doing our scripture reading at night and singing our carols and telling the stories. And it was all around the fireplace and it was cold, but yet warm by the fire. And I look back on that and I think about how disruptive that was to my mom and dad. And yet it clearly was probably the happiest slash most adventurous Christmases of my life because uh, We were uncomfortable, and yet we had a great time. And it's just a reminder that Christmas doesn't have to be the hallmark story. It doesn't have to have everything just right. It was super disruptive. There was a snowstorm outside. My dad, I remember, had to trudge outside into the snow to meet with a repairman who discovered at the time that there was a frozen uh, oil line between the house and the, uh, or between the tank that was in the lawn and the house. And uh, they set up like a, a special bypass in the middle of the night. We were all sleeping. And yet when we woke up, it was Christmas morning. The heat was back on. And, uh, you know, we were kind of free to roam about the cabin. And yet I, I look back on that and it was, it's been a very warm, warm memory for me. It's so heartwarming to remember what Christmas was like as a child. And uh, Jesse, Kim, what are some of your favorite memories uh, as a child during Christmas? What, what made them meaningful for you? Well, my dad was the tree trimmer extraordinaire. And so since I was so little, he would patiently allow me to help a little bit with those things, but the lights had to be just right, you know, and everything. And he was the one strand of tinsel at a time guy. Yes, and he was taller. So he would do the top part of the tree and then I would go along, you know, and just there was this big bird's nests of of tinsel (laughs) everywhere. And he would let me do it. And then weirdly, like the next day, they were all, you know, very pristine. <laughs> Rearranged. Yes. And as I matured, I realized, oh, yeah, when I went to bed, he was going through and taking off all the globs and making them beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I loved it that he cared so much that he wanted it to be beautiful mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. And you got to participate in your own unique little way. I did. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jesse? You know, my favorite Christmases were spent at my grandma's house. Um, about every other year, we would drive from Boulder, Colorado to Lincoln, Nebraska to spend Christmas at grandma's and talk about just a godly, warm, amazing woman. In fact, I wouldn't be a writer or editor without her because mm. she just, she was an English teacher. She loved words and she instilled that in me and really helped, you know, form me uh, as, you know, my career path. But she was also an amazing baker. The cookies that she had ready for me when I showed up. I mean, uh. four different kinds of Christmas cookies and as many as you wanted to eat. She had a special refrigerator downstairs in the basement. You could go down and sneak a cookie or two oh, during the day. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, Christmas at Grandma's uh, was just amazing mm. for me growing oh, up. That's wonderful. I think one of my favorite uh, childhood memories about Christmas is the, the mealtime. I just remember um, one Christmas I received a little... A Panasonic uh, cassette recorder. It had a one-touch button for recording, and I set that up and I recorded, you know, from a distance, kind of in the room, 
the table discussion. And oh. I was mesmerized by all the different voices and going back and listening to what was being said. And I guess I was trying to read stuff in there or make sense of it. I must have been nine or ten. So I was intrigued by some element of the verbal communication at the table. And it brought me some comfort. Hmm. It brought me some mm-hmm. understanding. I don't know why that sticks out as a, a very clear memory, but it it strikes me as a good one. Kind of what you were saying about your dad. It's the time with people. Yeah. Um, there's just something special about Christmas time and being able to be together. Well, and now that we know what you do for a living, it makes total sense. I wonder. Yeah. You, so. <laughs> you were influenced by a grandmother. Maybe my grandmother's on that tape the, from that Christmas long and ago. And I love to meticulously decorate. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's interesting how it all works together. Well, kind of following up on that, let's talk a little bit about why it's good to be reflective during these seasons. I mean, you you kind of brought that up, Kim. So let's think through Christmas memories and the impact that they leave. Why is it good to slow down and to be thoughtful during this season? Mm. Well, I think for me, um, one of the things that my parents did was there was five of us, and they, they wanted to give us as much as they possibly could out of the best parts of their heart, right? And when my husband and I got married, we kind of had a different thought. We wanted Jesus to be the center of all of that. So our boys would get like a big gift and then a smaller gift and then their sock, right? And of course, grandparents always, you know, spoiled them terribly. So they didn't (laughs) miss out on anything. But I think that looking back on that, we both realized that the quantity didn't really mean quality. Hmm. And we would go through those toys and play with them and then toss them aside. Whereas, hopefully, our guys got to see the real meaning of Christmas, and they really enjoyed those things that they did get. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was good to reflect back on, I had a great family growing up, right? But what are some things that I would do differently to bring Jesus more to the center of that? Mm. Right. And you have to be intentional, Mm -hmm. you know, because the season is so busy. And I have a wonderful wife who handles all the details, right? (laughs) I don't think I've ever bought a present for anybody (laughs) because she buys the presents. She gets all the meal together. She does all those details. But unless you take that time intentionally to be reflective of what the true meaning of the season is, you you do kind of lose it. Unless you do make Jesus a center, um, all the busyness becomes the center of yeah. Christmas. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's why it's so important for families just to intentionally slow down, remember that Christmas is a time that God sent his son to take on flesh for the sole reason to die for our sins. Uh, to rescue us. Mm-hmm. And that's really the power and the meaning behind mm-hmm. Christmas. Well, those are some really great answers to the question of why should we be reflective? And uh, that's one of the things that we want to do here is we want to help you be reflective. And with Advent officially starting on Sunday, December 3rd, we have a special weekly devotional you can sign up for. Each week features a new theme, and those include hope and faith, joy and peace. Sign up for that free devotional by clicking the uh, link in the show notes. And for a donation of any amount uh, to the work of Focus on the Family in this podcast, we're going to send you a great book by Christy Straub. You heard her earlier. And uh, she and her husband, Josh, have written the book, 25 Days of the Christmas Story, an Advent Family Experience. This is a fantastic little book that you can walk through with your kids You can find more about it and an opportunity to donate to us in the show notes. Next time, we're going to learn the value of seeing Christmas through the eyes of a little girl. 
And for now, on behalf of Kim Troby and Jesse Floria, our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for joining us for the Christmas Stories Podcast. God wants true disciples, ones that think like Him, talk like Him, walk like Him, disciples that bring shalom to the chaos of this world. Pursue that path with the RVL Discipleship Series. Bible scholar Ray Vanderlaan will give you the tools to understand the Bible more deeply and inspire you to be a passionate follower of Christ. Watch the first episode at rvldiscipleship.com.